Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church. No, Sugarland, Texas. We are still in the COVID-19 lockdown. So we are in various places doing this podcast by teleconferencing. And we're glad you're here. This is podcast number 164. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys, and each of us are on this individual faith journey, and that we're glad that you found us. You might have found us either on SoundCloud, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on iHeartRadio, and we have a website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com, where you can see pictures of us, and you can also we also have a blog, but you can also see our various podcasts, and what we do if we get together and because we're men, we have an ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship or Sunday School lesson, and that we go over and we have this basic panel discussion and we go ahead and update it and we put that man spin on it. This is the kind of discussion you just can't have anywhere. And, and I talk about it in one of the blogs that uh, the fellows let me write. I don't have anybody at my work, and you may not either, that can have this kind of relationship. <clears throat> These guys are, are the ones that help me as I go on this uh, faith journey, and we're glad that you're here and that you're on that journey as well. We go through various types of uh, <clears throat> periodicals or texts that we use, and uh, we're in the Baptist Way Press, and this particular one is called Faith Under Fire, uh, a study of Daniel. And <clears throat> this has been a great study, but it's also one of those ones that is a little bit deeper than most. And so, and I'm glad that we have the fellas here. And <clears throat> we have a great group of guys. And the reason why we have a varied group of individuals is because you may relate to one of them and more than the others. And that's why we have this discussion. <clears throat> and I want to go ahead and introduce the panel at this time. Uh, he is a uh, well-retired, well now professional policy writer, but a bit of a gambler, Mr. Steve Titch. And he has been the one that has been hosting while I've been uh, recovering from uh, a couple of surgeries that I've had recently. So, <clears throat> and Yay, also- Steve. Dad, thank you, Steve. Thank you. And, uh, and we have a world-class trainer uh, and uh, for a Fortune 100 company. We call him the professor. It's Robert Koshu is here. Yay, and, Robert. Uh, yay, Robert. And, <laughs> and he's kind of our uh, uh, informal historian, but he's also an attorney who has a job as a prosecutor so he can defend you or throw the book at you. We call him the judge, and that's Michael Cropper. All right, Michael. Thank you, And see, I'm a, uh, and, and I'm, they call me the director, but basically I uh, 
am a writer, uh, a bit of an actor, uh, but my job is as a contractor. So you have all these different, uh, basic different personalities and people coming from a different point of view as we go through the lesson. And we're, this is the eighth lesson um, from the book of Daniel. <clears throat> and this is uh, from the Baptist Way Press. It's an outstanding publication. And uh, lesson eight, uh, we call it, it's, well, it's titled Back to the Future. I wanna go ahead and uh, get just a brief overview uh, from the fellows and start with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Well, here's where uh, things change. Uh, we're right about the halfway point of the book of Daniel. It's, and we've done, uh, for the past seven weeks, we've done, I might say, uh, mighty tales of Daniel. Uh, we did, um, of course, the, the fiery furnace, the den of lions, the writing on the wall. Uh, now it turns to a section, the, 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 the back end section, the back end half is prophecy and in particular apocalyptic prophecy. So it's very colorful stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, I guess the important thing is, is not, to, not to get lost in the imagery and uh, the uh, beasts and the horns and who's what and, and fail to see the forest for the trees. That's, um, that, and we'll, we'll go along. We'll talk about that as we go along. Excellent, uh, Professor. Yeah, so Steve, Steve, as Steve alluded to, we're changing to it. And we're gonna do some different pieces. We're gonna look at some different things now. Um, one thing that I noticed is, so it's gonna sound, one thing I wanna, get, I guess, caution our listeners to, it's going to sound totally different. <laughs> this is what is called apocalyptic writing, and it is all symbolism and stuff like that, and it's just totally different. So this is in reality a change. We, Daniel is often thought of as having two distinct sections. There's the stories that Steve has alluded to, and then there's Daniel's visions. And Daniel's visions are all over the place. And... I'm going to start out with, I, I read this when I was reading through, sometimes I use some of the Tyndale Old Testament commentary series um, when we're doing our research or New Testament, depending on what we're doing, particularly when we're doing a book study. And this is Paul House, and he is the Beeson Professor of, Divin or Professor of Divinity at Beeson Divinity School at Sanford University. He's the author of the book, and he wrote in here on um, this particular passage that this tremendous passage has inspired hundreds of books, articles, sermons, lectures, and media presentations. It has been treated both honorably and, and, and unethically, as most symbol-heavy biblical passages have been. Many interpreters have heard, have heard good and bad readings of this passage. Thus, one ought to be cautious and humble when drawing conclusions from it. And I, I read that as I was reading through this and doing my study, and I thought, you know what? That, that's a great statement. I'm going to say that's not going to apply just to this one, but it's going to go for everything here on out that we're doing in Daniel, that, you know, we have to approach it with humble and cautiousness as we think through and read into it. So, Right. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah, I'm not going to go into the big history like I usually oh. do. Uh, there's a reason for that. This is like you guys already stated already. This is so different what we're about to dive into. There is really no history for it except the fact that 
we're going to look at a vision and, and a dream that Daniel has. It's very, very awesome. Uh, he, in the past, has been interpreting dreams for King Nebuchadnezzar, and now he has a dream of his own, and that's what the uh, this passage is, what we're going to be talking about. Uh, the dream and the visions are very disturbing to Daniel. They're very real and they're very graphic. In a couple of words, the, the vision and what he sees in it depicts good versus evil. It's really, really, really good. It can be interesting if you read it and you understand a little bit. I think I understand about 10% of it. And I, I feel really blessed. Right. That's about 8% more than I understand. <laughs> right, right. And, 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 you know, and, yeah. and I, just want, I just wanted to well, throw this out there for you fellows. I mean, of course, this is the No Church Answers Tour, and that's what we do here. It, it struck me that Daniel interprets everybody else's dreams, but he can't interpret his own. Absolutely. That's right. All right. That, that, you know, that, that, was, that was just kind of striking to me after I read that and I just, uh, and I just sat there and thought about it. I thought, wow. I mean, and, and you know, <laughs> you ought to be able to at least have some kind of idea. And we're going to go uh, well, he actually, uh, he have the scripture. Yeah, he does. Bill. We'll play the scripture. In the scripture, he does ask somebody to help him interpret it, and he right. does get an answer. And that's, I believe, what he did for King Nebuchadnezzar. He asked the Lord what the interpretations were, and God either sent an angel or sent a vision to explain it to him. Now, in this vision, there are four creatures that are, that come up out of uh, a, an ocean, and, and evil is represented by the creatures. And uh, the creatures are kings which rule vast kingdoms. Uh, right. You remember in the past, in the history, uh, we looked at an awesome metal statue uh, in, I think, uh, chapter two of Daniel of gold, silver, bronze, and iron. And uh, they are the future for which Daniel is telling King Nebuchadnezzar about. And I think the same thing's going to apply to the four creatures that we see in this vision. So without taking too much time on that, uh, uh, it's, it's one, one thing, though, before uh, we have Steve uh, play the scripture is that that was a statue that he was talking about previously. Right. These yeah. are beasts. So, you, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, statues are one thing, but beasts are active. And that was the difference uh, that I saw. So, and with that, we'll go ahead and uh, have uh, Steve take care of the uh, scripture. Daniel 7, 1 through 28. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions in his mind as he lay in his bed. Then he wrote the dream down and related the following summary of it. Daniel said, I was looking in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts were coming up from the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion and had the wings of an eagle. I kept looking until its wings were plucked, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. A human mind was also given to it. And behold, another beast, a second one, resembling a bear, and it was raised up on one side, and three ribs were in its mouth between its teeth. And thus they said to it, Arise, devour much meat. After this I kept looking, and behold, 
another one, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this, I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrifying and extremely strong, and it had large iron teeth. It devoured and crunched and trampled down the remainder with its teeth. And it was different from all the beasts that were there before it. And it had ten horns. While I was contemplating the horns, behold, another horn, a little one, came up among them. Three of the first horns were pulled out by the roots before it. And behold, this horn possessed eyes, like the eyes of a man and a mouth uttering great boasts. I kept looking until thrones were set up, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His vesture was like snow white, and the hair on his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were a burning fire. A river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him. Thousands of thousands were attending him, and myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The court sat, and the books were open. Then I kept looking because of the sound of the boastful words which the horns were speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain, and its body was destroyed and given to the burning fire. As for the rest of the beast, their dominion was taken away, but an extension of life was granted to them for an appointed period of time. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. And he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom, that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which will not pass away. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was distressed within me, and the visions in my mind kept alarming me. I approached one of those who was standing by and began asking him the exact meaning of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. These great beasts, which are four in number, are four kings who will arise from the earth. But the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, for all ages to come. Then I desired to know the exact meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth of iron and claws of bronze, which devoured, crushed, and trampled down the remainder with its feet. And the meaning of the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up, and before which three of them fell, namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth uttering great boasts, which was larger in appearance than its associates. I kept looking, and that horn was waging war with the saints and overpowering them, until the ancients of days came and judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the highest one. And the time arrived 
when the saints took possession of the kingdom. Thus he said, The fourth beast will be a fourth kingdom on the earth, which will be different from all the other kingdoms, and will devour the whole earth, and tread it down, and crush it. As for the ten horns, out of this kingdom ten kings will arise, and another will arise after them, and he will be different from the precious ones, and will subdue three kings. He will speak out against the Most High, and wear down the saints of the Highest One, and he will intend to make alterations in times and in law, and there will be given into his hand for a time, times and half a time. But the court will sit for judgment, and his dominion will be taken away, annihilated, and destroyed forever. Then the sovereignty, the dominion, and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all the dominions will serve and obey him. At this point, the revelation ended. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts were greatly alarming me, and my face grew pale, but I kept the matter to myself. You know, the so, thing about that is that really struck me is that he, he, after he discussed it with that person to get the interpretation, he kept it to himself. Uh, to me, that, that's a bit amazing. Well, that this occurred a long time, Mike. He's 90 years old now. Probably, what, 70 years before that, he interpreted the statute dream of the great metal statute for King Nebuchadnezzar. So he has no real reason to share it with Belshazzar. The king is Belshazzar, uh, and, and he doesn't have long on this earth, as you guys know. We read the, uh, the lesson uh, prior to this, and Belshazzar was taken out because of his is blasphemy against God and the uh, the using the uh, the great gold uh, vessels from the temple of Solomon and the, the holy holy uh, vessels to drink wine with and and toast the uh, the gods of stone and gold and silver and all that. Now, where I was mentioning that I mentioned earlier that that this this can be a more detailed look at the statute itself. The first creature in there that comes out is a lion with wings. And Babylon, through a number of its kings, depicted itself with statues of lions with wings on their steps and on their palaces uh, during Daniel's time and after Daniel's time. So the, the, the first creature can easily be, and, 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 and look at what happens to the first creature. It's very interesting. The first creature has his wings plucked off. So he's humbled. He's brought to his knees. And then he's given the mind of a person, which is exactly what happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar became an animal. He was humiliated. He was brought back to his feet and brought to a to be a human person. And he was then given his mind back as a person. So, I mean, once again, this is not, none of us know this for sure. It just, there are some representations here that you can apply to it. And the first one have, could fit King Nebuchadnezzar first and being the top head of the statute was a gold kingdom, or was a gold kingdom. Uh, the second kingdom, uh, I think, 
the the uh, one of the authors I've been looking at, uh, and I'm sure you guys all looked at, at uh, explanations and and stuff of the uh, the passage itself. But the second kingdom, can, which is a silver kingdom, the statute uh, became the Medo-Persians, which was King Darius, if you remember. And they were huge, just a huge, huge, huge kingdom. And, and, and they, they could be compared to a bear because they could walk and lumber over nations and conquer slowly. They didn't have to go fast, not like the third animal. The, uh, they, they, could, they had so many people that when they would attack a nation, didn't matter if a thousand men died, 10,000 men died, they had plenty more to replace them. They were so huge, so they could, they could go and they could capture uh, the, the nations, they didn't have to be fast. Um, the, the, the third, the third uh, creature, by the way, and the, uh, there are three people, I'll have to point that out to you. There are three uh, uh, specific kings that came out of it, and I'll, I'll find those and bring that to you later. But uh, out of the bear, there were three other individuals um, concerning that, which may fit three webs, ribs in the bear's mouth, three nations. Uh, the leopard, the panther, which has four heads and four wings. First of all, leopard and panther is extremely fast, right? And again, this is, a, this is open interpretation. The leopard and panther is extremely fast. And when you give it four wings, it's going to be lightning fast. Um, and that would be the, um, what the bronze part of the statute. We went from the gold, the silver to bronze, the bronze part of the statute. Uh, that would be more than likely, it, it could be compared to Alexander the Great or Greece. or Greece, because he went through a thousand miles and conquered a, a, a tremendous amount of people. Right in eight years, his 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 life was only thirteen years long, but he in eight years he conquered this incredible amount of Aryan people. Uh, so he he was like a leopard with with wings on him that went straight across all the way to the far side of India. Now the the ugly creature, I I compare to Rome. Rome uh, Rome started out a very pagan nation. It was like the iron part of statute in King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, uh, and and the ugly creature has iron teeth and has bronze crushing claws, uh, and 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 Rome just destroyed everything. They were not at all. Uh, um, sympathetic to anybody. They, they just soon cut your head off and look at you. They went and they crushed and crushed and crushed. Now, I'm not sure about the 10 I'm, horns who, who they uh, uh, represent. Uh, the I'm going to, now, I'm going to disagree with you right here because I think you you're, you disagree with no, me. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying because, this is all up and in. No, no, because, because you're, you're generally, you're, 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 you're right. Um, but for, for, for a couple of reasons, and, and I'm going to preface what I'm saying, because you did a great analysis of what, what it is. I'm going to preface this by saying, yes, I'm in, I mean, all scripture is God breathed and the book of Daniel is in the Bible because God wants it there. But if we look at some of what the history tells us and what some science, what some evidence tells us, this portion of the book of Daniel was written about 180 BC, much, you know, several hundred years after Daniel lived. Um, and you're absolutely right. It's, a, it's because, one, it's apocalyptic literature. 
and yes, I think the, the corresponding uh, empires are, are, are dead on, except for the last. The last, I think, is the, the most awesome and horrible beast is a stand-in for Antiochus IV Epiphanes, who was emperor of, uh, well, apparently the, the emperor of essentially not the, uh, not the Greeks, um, but the Seleucids, who were kind of offshoots, they now offshoots of Alexander. And he was truly oppressing the Judean, the Jewish people in the second century. Uh, it, was, it was under his reign that you had the Maccabean revolt, uh, which is in, you, you'll find in the Old Testament Apocrypha, but it is historic, it is historical. Um, and where I'm getting at is to go back to also something you said at the top of the podcast, was that this is a story of good and evil, of, of good, evil, <laughs> yeah. and judgment. And I think that's, and, and, and to take things, again, not to get too into like, what does the horn mean? And what does halftime mean? And all of, all of those things, we shouldn't get too bogged down into trying to correspond them to something uh, that either existed historically or, uh, or, or is to come in our time. What we really have to meet at this is that uh, God's going to win. God's got the winning team. Uh, and yeah, there, there's going to be beasts, evil, evil kingdoms, tyrants roaming around the world, roaming around the earth, but they're all going to face judgment. And, um, and then, of course, and I know, I know that Roberts want to, want to get into this. You have the, uh, <laughs> the appearance of the Son of Man. Well, I, I was going to say, the only two interpretations that I'm 100% sure of is the Ancient of Days is God. Period, end of discussion. That's the only yeah. one. Mm -hmm. And the Son of Man is Jesus Christ. After that, there's your interpretation. There's the one Mike was talking about. There's also interpretation from a dispensational theology where this is all related up to and talking about basically the same things that is in, Ro that is in Revelation chapter 13, which then refers to the time of Antichrist, the tribulation, and all of that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's why, you know, I, I thought it was a really great startup when I read that little, you know, cautious <laughs> and hopeful right. when I read it. And that's why I thought that was a great start as we got, got into it because, because that is, I mean, like I said, the only two things I'm, one, do, I'm wondering if it doesn't have dual meaning. Does it mean what Steve says? Does it mean what Mike says? And is it related to Revelation 13? And I think there is a possibility of that as well. Well, there's Steve, a, I mean, that's Yeah, Steve, real quick. Uh, I agree with you on, on Antiochus Epiphanes to a degree because that's the second, second um, a, a writing I read on. And he said the same thing. He said it does apply to him because he not only killed a lot of Jews and destroyed them, much like Hitler, like we know of, but he also tried to change their religion and that's spoken clearly in this, the scripture that it says he changed time and, uh, and tried to change the law, made alterations in times of the law. So you're right on. Yes, I have Antiochus Epiphanes, but I didn't know what, what kingdom <laughs> is he from. I thought he was from Greece, but it didn't he say it when I was reading the... He was still like, they, 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 he's, he technically he's a Seleucid, but he's a, he, he did 
You could say he well, came he, after he, Alexander. He desecrated he the temple. The and yes, he put Zeus. Oh, yeah, in yes, there. okay. Yeah. He, he that's sacrificed what I think. a pig on the altar. Mm -hmm. That didn't go over yes. well at all. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. He, he actually yeah. prompted the Maccabees' revolt. So, but, but getting, I, and then we'll talk, but getting exactly what you're saying, I think it's a matter of, yes, we can say, oh, well, this applied here and here, but that doesn't, that doesn't dismiss some universal truths. One is that there's, there's always something going on in the world that, that you might say opposes God. Um, right. And I, I would agree with that. Yes. And, yeah. and that, but it isn't the last word. <laughs> All right. And uh, and with that, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take our hard break. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. This is podcast number 164, and we're still in the COVID lockdown, so... We're at various places outside of uh, Sugarland, Texas, and we're in the book of Daniel, and we've been discussing, this is our eighth lesson, this apocalyptic dream that Daniel had, and uh, we want to welcome in, because we have an open door policy, we uh, uh, wanted to open in, uh, open up and welcome uh, Kyle Trahan. We see his picture. We see his picture is <laughs> there, and uh, well, hey, there he is. There he is. Uh, <laughs> this fun mic that uh, you know belongs to Man Up and should should be in our studio. That uh, at the beginning of this fun lockdown, they told me, "Hey, grab the microphone because we don't know when we could get in the church again." So I did, and I've been blessed by it. And honestly, it makes me sound good. And, uh, you know, I believe Steve bought it for, for the man up guys. So I got to say thanks for allowing it to stay in my home. But I always tend to bump the little mute button on the thingy. And I, I turned my microphone on, on on Zoom. But, you know, hey, technology is not being my friend today. It took me about 20 minutes as I had to reboot the whole laptop and everything else. And, you know, it's one of those things where... I was unread for the lesson, and I came in at about four verses left of what Bill read to us. So, you know, uh, I, I've spent this entire time getting caught up, and I hope people will identify with me because, uh, you know, for me, this is a hard lesson. I, I These dreams and stuff, uh, they just don't, they don't speak to me. A lot of times and so I, I've just been kind of sitting in the background and enjoying listening to you guys and trying to get caught up um, you know and, and making sense of this for myself so uh, you know again I, I hope people enjoy this and as we do have some great historians 
um, that that really be able to are able to bring this more to life than I get it out of myself. So thank you guys. Well, and and so I kind of want to jump on where Steve was at the end and where Bill was because I, I think that's the man lesson from this because other than getting into the interpretation of the visions and the beast and what everything means and all of that, you know, as Bill says, we got to put a no church answers man spin on this. And so I think that the two big man lessons, and I think we need to talk about are number one, that there is always something crazy going on in the world, you know? So let's kind of talk about that because, because, you know, right now, I have not seen it, but I am not surprised that someone out there has not tried to interpret COVID as one of the plagues of Revelation. You know, like I said, I have not seen it, but I, I, I bet if I dug deep enough and wanted to find it, I could find it. <laughs> it's so Robert, Robert begins the great, the great epic story that's going to get out into the world now on, on, on Manna. Right. From Manna. Well, right and and I, this, I don't think it is. Is this but, a judgment from God? Seek and ye shall find, says Robert Gosham. Yeah. But, but, but hey, I'm also yeah, the guy who, know it is. Yeah. Who, who puts a mask on only when he goes into stores, too. Okay. So I'm that guy. Um, but I do... But well, I, now, good, good question. Our kingdoms, let's start off. Let's talk about this practically speaking. Robert, you're absolutely correct. Are our nations basically evil? According to the, if, if we look at the, the, the dream by, by Daniel, right? He says, I see four kingdoms coming up. It's four nations. And, and, and in this vision, they pretty much all kingdoms and man are represented as as evil or represent evil. I shouldn't say represent as evil, but represent evil. And then of course, as you said, Steve, God comes along and he says his kingdom comes and, and is, is brought into light and brought into view of everything. So I, I, I guess a man without God or without serving God or Jesus Christ, you're saying we are basically carnal, right? So we have a basically sinful nature, which we could say uh, we could attribute or could be represented by uh, most nations. Well, and I think Steve alluded to that. The sovereignty of God yeah. is one of the big things. And, and you know, I'm, I'm going to be Bill and confess for a moment. Man, there are times during these past, I've lost count of the number of weeks. I literally would have to go count. I want to say we're somewhere around the line. I started working from home. The Sunday our church started online services, so March 16th. I had been working from home basically since March 16th, and there are days I struggle at home. You know, I'm tired. I mean, we we just went on a trip, and we couldn't go on. We drove up to – we drove down to Madison, Wisconsin for the day, and we couldn't go out along. There's Madison, Wisconsin – straddles two lakes they basically built the city on a island not an island but in a piece strip of land between two lakes and there's a really great like restaurant area out of, that overlooks the lakes and all that and that was closed and we couldn't go mm -hmm. to it. you know and we were 
limited on what we could and couldn't do on our trip. We had to actually plan our meals such that we weren't, because a lot of times when we're, when we're driving, we'll stop and go in, you know, not a sit down, but like at a fast food restaurant. Ironically, sit down restaurants are doing the limited capacity thing, but almost no fast food is open at this moment. So we literally had to plan our driving without actual stops anywhere along the way. And, you know, frankly, you know, like I said, I'll confess, I struggled with COVID and quarantining and being stuck at home all the time. And, you know, and, and it's hard to remember that God is sovereign and in control of all of this. Well, to answer, I, I like Mike's question because definitely, definitely the authors of the new, the old Testament saw other nations as evil because largely in that era of empires, the earthly emperor declared himself uh, a divinity. Uh, he, he was a god. The Romans did it. I think, I think just about every kingdom did attribute some sort of godhood or semi-godhood to their leader. I mean, it gave them that much more authority and gave opposition that uh, a, 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 a eternal dimension. Now, now I want to throw this in because um, you look at the New Testament at, at Matthew, um, and, and I can't, I'm not going to try to read any of this, uh, but primarily in Matthew 20, 24 through 26, um, this is where Jesus identifies himself with the son of man that Daniel envisions here, this figure who comes down and accepts authority from the Lord. Um, and he gives, in, in Matthew, and again, I'm not going to read this, but 25, you can look at 25, in Matthew 25, 31 through 46, he gives another vision of this heavenly courtroom. There's, doesn't have the apocalyptic language, but we do have God on the throne. But this time he's not separating nations. He's, this, is, this is the passage that also gives us whatever, you do, whatever you've done to the least of my brothers that you did to me. And the, the, the God, the, the God on the throne is casting judgments. And the sheep are going over here to enter the kingdom and the goats are being called to eternal punishment. And the standard, the standard isn't, you know, nations. The standard is, what have you done to the least of my brothers? Because that is what you've done to me. And those that showed mercy, kindness, benevolence uh, to the least of their brothers were rewarded. And those who didn't weren't. And I, I'm not, but this is, this is to me is where the, where the, as the song goes, where you open the holy book and you want to tremble. Because the, the Bible gives us uh, the good news, the gospel, is that there is a path to salvation. There is a path to eternal life with the Lord. The Bible also tells us there's going to be judgment. So if you take this back to Daniel and this rather awesome scene of beasts and thrones and flames firing out of the thrones, 
um, you're also got to look at that in the eternal scheme of things, God's on the team that's going to win. And whose side do you want to be on? And, and this is sometimes we get, we get, you know, this is the stuff that we Christians don't like to talk about too much. It's very difficult to talk about, you know, that is one of the reasons it's difficult to talk about religion, because ultimately you bump into this idea of judgment. Are you with God or not? And to be with God, you have to essentially accept the gift of salvation from, from Jesus Christ. Um, so, so this is, but you know, we're, I'm going to take it back to that. What as Christians though, it does put a certain degree of responsibility on us because this is what we believe is going to be the case in the eternal scheme of things. And yeah, but go ahead. But here, yeah, but here, here's the thing. I, I, I think what we take, take from that is this, it's not dependent upon our circumstance. It's dependent on us. That's the, that's the man lesson that we take from this kind of thing. Uh, the circumstance, the, the kingdoms, it, it may be bad, it may be very bad, or me, it, it, your authority may be absolutely horrible to you, you know, and, and that can be government, that can be job, that can be situation that you're in, but you're not going to be judged on them. You're going to be judged on you. What did you do? What did you do to the least of, m of me, you know, and, and that's the thing about religion and particularly faith with me faith to me is not to make my my life necessarily easier it changes my attitude about life and it changes my relationship with people and i'm i'm more compassionate with people and understanding with people but ultimately i don't really have a whole lot of authority over them. I'm not government. I'm not the boss of a lot of people, but I have relationships of how I can help people. And I think ultimately that's the man lesson that we can learn from this apocalyptic uh, lesson. I, I would go further and say we've got to be careful because Daniel gives us the beast, how the beast really looks. To us, the beast does not look like some dragon-like creature with 10 horns and lot big teeth and some monstrosity with you know, the steel claws. We've got to be careful to make sure we're not serving the beast. It's very easy, I think, to sit and say, oh, those guys over there, those guys are, are marked. They have the number. They're the beast. They're all going to be weeded out with the, with the goats, and they're all going to hell. But I, I think I think you, Daniel, you, you owe Daniel more than that. And you've got to read it, I think, in context with exactly what you're saying. You have some degree of authority over your life and, and, and where you want to set up and you've got to be able to recognize the beast uh, uh you know you, you got to see as daniel did daniel saw what nobody else could see daniel saw what the beast really looked like john perhaps too in revelation we don't see it that way the beast the beast could look like you know is you know like shakespeare said the devil hath uh, the, the the power to assume a pleasing shape 
I, I tend to think he's going to be blonde haired, blue eyed, power suit with a power dark blue suit with a power red tie. That, I mean, I mean so, it, you know, or he's going to be handsome. He's going to be master or, race, yeah. the blonde um, and blue, or, or even yeah. you know, he's going he's going to be whatever, whatever one finds attractive. But the, at the end of the day, so but but I'm, I want to go a little further back to Bill on this. What do you do with this knowledge? Now, Daniel didn't do anything about it. I mean, that's well, that's interesting. Yeah, but yeah. what? But he had certain things. But what do you? I mean, where is it enough to say, okay, I'm saved? Um, but isn't that too much like saying, well, I got mine? The guy, you know, we, we condemn that attitude. Should we really? What do you have in your wallet? Be uh, yeah. What, should we? Should <laughs> we be more? I mean, right. if it, I mean, and this takes us back to the Great Commission, but. Um, and it's hard to do, but should we basically with the knowledge that, you know, that person across the street, if he does not know the Lord, he is going to be in big trouble in an eternal, in the eternal sense. Well, I think and what does our did, responsibility to that is? Did, Daniel did in fact have a great influence. Everybody knew who he was and they had to track him down and they knew when they wanted to, to get him thrown into the lion's den, they had to attack his religion. Because he was so uh, so upright and so upstanding, so and everything so he, he led did. by yeah, example. Yes. So uh, now, uh, interesting. We're talking about this, and, and of course, I mentioned those four kingdoms as being kingdoms of evil or representing evil. But we have a kingdom here that you're talking about now, and that's the kingdom of the saints and the kingdom of God. And each of those can come. I just want to clarify this. Those kingdoms, uh, pardon me, those people, the myriads of people that stood before the throne of God could possibly be saints that came from some of these kingdoms that, that were depicted as evil here. So, yes, what you're saying fits completely, practically speaking, with how we treat ourselves today. We want to be a part of the kingdom of God and how we treat God and how we uh, uh, treat Christ and what part he is in our life is very, very important so that we will become part of the myriad of saints to stand before the kingdom of God. And it's a whole kingdom. Um, anyway, uh, just, just a thought. But, you know, for, for Steve, you know, you asked uh, right then, uh, you know, like the, the ones we know, your neighbor, I believe you said there, of, uh, you know, the ones we know need to come to Christ uh, before it's too late. I mean, you know, the tribulation will happen and you're stuck here and we're all gone. And, oh, wait, they were right. You know, well, then, oh, you're stuck, you know. And, and, you know, there are people in my own family, you know, um, extended and, and otherwise that we pray regularly for them to have their God moment, you know, for them to be able to say, you know, I know Christ and I, I take him into my heart. And when we're with them, there's always that, um, I guess that Thanksgiving rule where you don't talk about politics and you don't talk about religion or something bad is going to happen and Uncle Frank is going to be one drink too much and it's going to end up being the whole big thing of 2020 Thanksgiving conversation for years. 
Right. And, you know, but it is that thing that it is a very difficult question. I'm glad you brought that up because I don't know the real answer to that question. And I, I think about it often because there, there are, uh, I can think of five names that I'm not sure that if the tribulation would come, I hope my number is punched the way it's supposed to be and I'm gone. But I don't know about that. And I, I do think and pray that, you know, I don't know if it's one day I have the, um, the ability to, to just come out, out and say it, come out right and say it, or, you know, is it something by action or, you know, it's, it's God's timing, I guess. And I hope you guys will chime in on that. I think the man lesson uh, from that kind of thing is that God doesn't necessarily speak to you in words. He speaks to you maybe in thoughts and in insight and in the way you care for people. And there's going to be certain people that come into your life and certain ideas that you're just going to be drawn to. And the difference though is this, you'll, there will be something that, you are drawn to do that to try and ignore it takes more effort than actually doing it. And this podcast is a prime example. Before we started, I'd probably talked about this with each of you guys for probably close to a year. And you guys were probably sick of it before we actually started it. And, but it was one of those ideas and those thoughts of, the way that we could minister to people and and part of it's selfish because I wanted weekly ministering. I wanted to help along my faith journey uh, that I wasn't able to get. So part of that was selfish, but I also knew there's other people out there that wanted it too. And the thing about it is it took me, it was almost harder for me to to not do it than it was to accept what God wanted me to do and then to start doing it. And I think as you have those thoughts, the, 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 man, the man thing is this. Okay, maybe you are one of those type of people that needs to minister to everybody. Okay, I get that. There, there are people out there. But I'll, I'll bet you if you're a man of faith, that listens to this podcast, it may not be everybody you see, but there may be certain people that you see and that you know, and you just can't get it off your mind. That point in time, you need to just share and to just minister to them because that's the Holy Spirit coming through you. I, I think the answer really is at the end of the day is, is what you guys said, but I think it's also knowing that, A, we have an awesome responsibility to share the gospel. And I think this passage kind of starts to point out why we have that responsibility to share the gospel. And sharing the gospel is preaching to people, letting them know about Christ. But it is also, as you said, Bill how, and Steve, how do we treat the least of these? And Kyle, you've talked a lot about in, 
in the previous podcast, the attitude of service. And I think the man lesson that comes from this is recognizing God's sovereignty when we look at these stories and recognizing our responsibility to spread the gospel and serve others around us. And I think that's that I'll, I'll let that serve as my conclusion. Cause I think that is, that is pretty much the bottom line when we look at these, because like, like I said, when I read through this, you know, there's all kinds of interpretations out there. If you get into the um, millennial kingdom of, of Christ, there's the premillennial that Christ will come and take the saints away before um, the thousand years. There's a postmillennial that will be here during the thousand years. There's the, what's called the amillennial, which is the thousand that the Christ kingdom started with Christ's resurrection. And then there's also what I like to call the pan millennial. And that is, it's all going to pan out in God's plan and everything. No, else is, no. and, and everything else is just fun discussion. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because the, like I said, the only thing I know for certain when I read through these passages, it's fun to try to figure out, well, was this the Medes and the Persians? And does this represent the kingdom of the Antichrist and the Ten Horns? And what does that go with? And is that European Union like some people think it is? And, you know, and all that. And, and that's all fun. But, you know, the only two things I'm for certain in that entire passage, the Ancient of Days is God and the Son of Man is Jesus Christ. That's, right. that's, and there's an ending at the end of this. That's, <laughs> yes, that's it. You know, that's, you, get, you, get, you get tied up whether you're talking Daniel or Revelation. It, you get tied up in the, in the imagery because it's easier. It's fun and mm-hmm. it's easier than confronting what, what really is going on underneath there. And yeah, I don't think the, the, the imagery is dramatic. It calls your attention. It does everything it's supposed to do. But I don't think you're meant to spend your time, yes, connecting. Well, that means that, and that means that, and that means that, and that means the world is going to end on June 25th, 2025. So, you know, start packing your bags. <laughs> <Right. margins. laughs> uh, <laughs> Was that 6-25-25? Yeah. Oh, no. Hey, that's, a, that's a prophecy from Steve. Tim. <laughs> there we go. That's the, that's the next <laughs> man up predicts. Right. Oh. All right. We're coming, we're coming down to the end of uh, podcast number 164. I want to get some final thoughts and uh, uh, last in first out, going to go ahead and uh, go to Deacon Kyle for uh, any takeaways that you have on this lesson. You know, again, I, I guess the, the resounding thought, uh, you know, again, I, I mentioned that these lessons here and, and dreams and some, sometimes they just don't uh, resound with me, but you guys uh, speak to me and I, I know we've talked in the past and Bill, you've said this, that, uh, you know, ministering sometimes, you know, in the outright of, you know, hey, Jesus Christ and you know, going to that full extent with thy neighbor is sometimes a difficult thing. And it's those people that uh, came to mind when you guys said that earlier of, of you know, the, the ones that need to be ministered to that I need to step out more in faith and out of my own comfort zone, which in turn will put them out of their comfort zone. But you know, the point is, is to get myself out of that comfort zone, because how would I feel if 
I punched my, you know, train ticket correct by the conductor and I, I get my ticket to heaven and I leave a family member here unsaved, unknown. Maybe they come after the fact, as I said earlier, but man, you got a long time to go through a bunch of mess that is going to stink. And I need to do better pushing forward to be uh, that, that disciple of Christ and bring his word. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper, a couple of takeaways uh, from Podcast 164. Yeah, the, uh, once again, uh, to me, the, the, um, the vision, the whole uh, lesson was, in, in, in terms of Daniel, it was a depiction of good versus evil. And now, judgment for Steve Titch's uh, comment. <laughs> so three things, three important things that were on the list. Well, you're you're putting that very important. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. folks, yeah, and, and I agree with you guys. The kingdom of God is everywhere. Everywhere that God is worshipped, acknowledged, and he is honored. And, uh, and, and it's not important where you are, but it's important on who you are and who you know and, and who you believe in. And, of course, we believe in Jesus Christ. All right, Bill. Excellent. Uh, Robert, a uh, couple of takeaways uh, from this Already had here. mine. God's, God's <laughs> yeah, following. Yeah. <laughs> and he followed it up. <laughs> All right. He and, followed uh, it up with a bunch of historical facts. Right, right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, Steve Titch. Well, I, I, I'm going to simply say this. We're not pastors. We like to say that. We're not pastors. We're not going to go out and start preaching. That's not, that's not where we are. That's not where our spiritual gifts are. But uh, we have to be aware that we shouldn't let opportunities go by. We're doing this, uh, you could call it a study. You could call it an exercise in church right now uh, with the youth uh, where we're looking at the parable of the Good Samaritan and figuring out how we can serve our community uh, during, especially the people most affected by COVID-19. But really underneath it, the message of the, of the Good Samaritan parable is don't let an opportunity to be neighborly go by. Uh, and it's worth, it's worth your time. Uh, <laughs> you can read the parable um, and, and go more in depth with that, but that's, I think, what this is, this is all about, and maybe the answer to the question. We can't, we can't go, and I don't think the expectation even is to, you know, bring this up in a touchy family situation, but I think God provides those opportunities, and they may come one in onesie twosies. The trick is, I think the Spirit, you know, flashes the light at you and said, this is it, and you have a choice there to, you know, jump right in or, or pass by. And so, so be open to that. Uh, Thanks so much for uh, all that, fellas. Uh, another great discussion. And uh, my takeaway is this. Uh, life and the world is filled with uh, good and evil. And it's up to us to make sure that, uh, that the good in us comes out and ultimately good does triumph over evil. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys. You can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're on iHeartRadio. 
all of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud. Uh, we have a website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com. You can see picture, pictures of the fellows. You can uh, see our podcast through there. We also have a blog. Uh, all sorts of good things are going on here at Man Up. I want to encourage each and every one of you, and we know this is tough times, and believe me, it is tough for us, too, uh, doing this teleconferencing as opposed to being in the studios together, uh, doing this podcast. But we want to encourage you to uh, tune in. We have a, uh, a traditional Baptist <clears throat> uh, Sunday worship service, which is Sugarland Baptist and it's uh, .com, or you can find it on YouTube, Sugarland Baptist Church. Starts at 945, where you can experience that. And back and when the COVID-19 thing is over and you're able to congregate, we want to encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. Go participate. Get in a small group setting and find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one! This is Man Up! You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place! You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.